Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Ready to go. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow underway from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Thursday edition has arrived. Join us across the network. It includes this great radio partner you're listening to and online streaming live. YouTube. Search out Outkick. Subscribe to the channel. Give us a thumbs up. Join us in the chat. It was booming yesterday. Should be no different today, Chad. You know, every day, Hutton, is an opportunity. I've said that. I say this to my kids every day. Every day Three hour opportunity. is an opportunity. And I feel like every day the opportunity is seized by those in our YouTube chat. And the only way that you can seize on that opportunity is to join me in the chat every chat single day. So I applaud those who seize that opportunity, Carpe Diem, and I will reward those who seize it moving forward. What was uh, feared to be the reality here has uh, officially... Uh, been the case, it, 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 it appears. Uh, Ocean Gate, Titan, the, the submarine that was uh, trying to explore the wreckage of, of Titanic that was lost, um, Ocean Gate has re- released a statement saying that they have been lost. The five on, passengers on board believed to be the, the missing sub because they found debris. Uh, rescue, uh, they've got uh, some electronics and different things that they sent down from, I believe, Canada and France, other rescue teams that found wreckage of what they believe to be the sub close or nearby to the wreckage of the Titanic. Uh, Sad news. But this is also like the storyline of this, Chad, at least for me, is the fascination of even like if you go on the space mission, like the, what, what Elon Musk is hoping to do where he can take civilians up for a certain price and that's sold out for like several missions moving forward if and when they do this. Uh, but the, the, the storyline with it, at least in my mind, even if, if I'm comparing where I am to where these people are, like if you had this money and you wanted to do something that practically no one on earth has done or you're the first to do it or you're a group of those to do it, is why would you risk versus having the reward and the risk being this result? And it's, it's terrifying, uh, but hopefully, um, you know, it, it, the best case scenario in anything like this, and it's horrible, is that they felt nothing and it happened instantaneously. At least that's, that's what I'm thinking. It's, it's morbid, but that's my hope in all of this. We'll have... Uh, an expert in rescue missions uh, like this, the president of Lifeguard Systems, Butch Hendrick, uh, will join us coming up in about uh, 40 minutes from now on the show to kind of give a, a layout of what happened and what the expectation was versus what it is now. It's a terrible tragedy. You know, five lives were lost, so we're not going to leave sight of that. Right. First and foremost. I do think there is a conversation to be had about the psychology of people on earth in 2023, especially those that have $250,000 to spend on an underwater exploration of Titanic, where in a waiver 
right there in bold print that you sign mentions death three times as a very possible outcome of these trips that you sign away, that you sign away the right to sue over wrongful death or any of that when doing this. Maybe I'm the crazy one, but I think there are a lot of things on planet Earth that are worthy of seeing and doing that don't involve this level of risk. Well, that you could do with all of that money but I think and want to do and see on this earth in different continents that does not involve space exploration or deep underwater exploration yeah. with a high likelihood of death. But they, they have had missions like this before, explorations like this before with civilians uh, through Ocean Gate. You know, and I, that's I'm I'm eager to talk. I'm talking with, about with everyone Hitler. who's done it. I'm not. I'm but not, also, but I'm also, not saying everyone that does it dies. I'm just saying. Well, but there's a fear that I would have the fear of the same thing if I'm if I'm climbing Everest and trying to reach you know the peak of Everest because people die there. The bodies are still there as you pass by. You can see things. Yeah. Um. So it, 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 there are tons of people with the mission of actually being able to accomplish that feat. Yeah. Again. I- I put them in the same boat. Like I, I just Everest is an accomplishment. I wouldn't be able to do it. I, I would never do any of that. I would never want to climb Everest and, and do that either, because of the risk reward type scenario. Knowing there's a good chance you don't come back when you go up that mountain in Nepal. Yeah. But that is a training. You have to put in time. It is a goal. This is paying someone two hundred fifty thousand dollars to take you down in a tin can to the depths of the ocean where you're signing a waiver that lists death three different times on it. They're, they're, they're very different types of things here. What Elon Musk is trying to do and others with space going into space, these are very rich people that have run out of fun things to do on earth that want the next thing and are paying all absurd, absurd amounts of money to go into space or go to the depths of the ocean. People can do whatever they want with their money. I, I'm simply saying, I'm asking the question. What does this say about the psychology of us and extremely wealthy people in 2023 that this is a thing? Well, it's crazy to me that someone with that lacks the training, that hasn't done this their entire life, that's not I, some part of some naval deep sea rescue operation crew that has been trained to do this, or that's not Buzz Aldrin that was trained in the Air Force or as a naval aviator and then went into NASA is going into space, it's a weird time to be alive. I, I say what my feelings are about it, knowing I wouldn't do it, and then I'm sitting here thinking, well, I mean, I did go on the mega wheel at the Warren County Fair that was you know, put together by rivets and bolts by a carny, you know, and that's going upside down, and you have fears of that you know, being terrifying if something were to happen there. And, it, and nothing does, at least not <laughs> based on what I've seen. I also flew with my grandfather who built a plane from scratch and I was allowed to go up in the air with him and fly around the county with, he didn't have a pilot's license. We, we landed in the middle of a cornfield. Uh, but I still wouldn't do something like this, but I still boast about being able to do it then with him. Um, it, it's just a weird, uh, back and forth for me on whether or not to me, the fascination would be you're so in on, the ocean exploration or you're so in on the story of Titanic that you're going down there to spend because you have the means to do it. It's something that no one else on the globe practically is going to be able to do. Um, but you know, there's, there's just different categories for me on things that are worth 
the experience. I'm with you. I wouldn't do it. But I, I, I do wish I had a fascination with something so passionate like these people did in order to want to spend the money, number one, have the money, and then sign a waiver not really caring because odds are you're coming back and you're not staying there. I mean, that, that's a nice home for most of Americans. Yeah. 250K. I, I know. Someone's paying. Now, look, I rappelled down a 45-floor building in Nashville as part of charity. So I've taken risks, too. But I did that knowing that there's a lot of other media members in Nashville that I consider myself more physically fit than that could do it and more risk-taking than that I did it with trained professionals doing it. But when you're dangling over the side of a 45-story building, it feels like you could die and you really start to look at how well you're strapped in when that happens. So I understand the risk. I'm, I'm not coming from a place of judgment. I am a question asker in life. I will ask the question and start the conversations. A conversation I would like to have is what does it say about super wealthy people's psychology that they would hand over $250,000 and sign a waiver that mentions the likelihood of death three different times and you waive your death rights in doing this to go this far underwater or to go into outer space. I don't understand that because I'm not super wealthy, apparently. And also, if I was, I wouldn't be in a rush to sign something that mentions death three times because I'd probably be enjoying my life on Earth. So I I don't get it. I don't understand it. Maybe someone in the YouTube chat can explain it to me. If you are a billionaire watching the show right now, please explain all of these things to me. I'm simply stating I don't understand it. But it, I don't think the money factors into the mindset here. It factors in the mindset of the company Oceanway that is about to go under because of this more well, than likely. Because yeah. they're charging $250,000 per passenger but, to but, do this. But to me, like the, the over, like the overriding umbrella is no different from those that would strap in and do a bungee jump. Because you're signing something there the same way, and you don't have to pay 250 grand to do so, uh, you know, or or anything else that you may say is you know life risking based on the the someone is terrified to do something based on the risk involved, even though we don't see it that much. There are tons of car accidents. People drive every day though, based yeah, on yeah. But it's, you're not again. You're paying 250 thousand dollars to do this, right? But the, it's something uh, that no one else can do based on the means that you have. I, I think it's the same kind of thrill that someone would get on base jumping. You don't pay anything to jump off a high rise and then, you know, uh, float into uh, downtown. Or the guy who climbed, what hotel was it? Climbed some hotel at the Super Bowl this past year. Yeah, and they're crazy too. But I mean, it, it's the same mindset. To I me. don't have the answers. I'm just asking the question. But I, I'm but not, I don't think I'm it's not about judging. the money. I just think it's, I think it's interesting. But it is about the money because this company wouldn't be doing it unless they were charging 250 yeah, k per head. It's, it's about the money for this, but not the thrill of trying to do it or accomplish it. And I don't even – I think it's just more the fascination of Titanic in some instances. There's one Titanic guru that went here and went and is a part of the five. Um, you know, there's another just explorer who has a chance and has the means to do it too. Um, yeah, just it, – it's sad – but yeah, it, it has me. Uh, if we're if you and I are at the bar talking with our friends tonight, we're talking these questions. We're asking these questions. People watching or listening are asking these questions at work too. It's like, man, like 
who would do this? Well, we've got uh, Ryan Albany's, one of our producers, uh, who Chad and I have worked with for at least a decade now, dating back a while. Um, he's been on the show multiple times. Most recently, I think, is whenever he did the, the walkthrough of the video of the home in Chicago for Home Alone. And he actually emailed and tried to sign up for the Ocean Gate exploration of this. Not necessarily this one, but he emailed and applied back in 2021. And uh, he's going to join us later in the show as well to explain the, the mindset of wanting to do it. Because I guess, you, you know, there's some type of lottery. Unless, uh, you know, Albany's hit so the they, lottery. So they select like a, a scholarship program? And that's what Albany's would have been? I don't know if he got a reply. Worked with Albany's for a while. Albany's he, recently replied. He's not though. paying 250K to go on it. So he would have to be some sort of scholarship plan. They would need a vegan menu as well. We'll, on, we'll ask on them the uh, someone on the YouTube chat says they had too much money and thought they were invincible. Had they paid more taxes, paid their employees better, invested in the U.S. crumbling infrastructure, maybe they wouldn't risk their lives on BS. Now, I don't have that level of answer. At least this guy comes through with an answer. That's a strong answer. I don't know that I fully believe in that, but he's got a perspective on it. I'm just asking the question about what it is because I don't have that in me. If I'm a billionaire or a multimillionaire, the last thing you're going to catch me doing with 250K is signing a death waiver that mentions it three times and doing something that is that risky. But I, but I think there are people, though. It's just I think it's an overriding mindset of there are certain people that are not afraid to die. That, that to me, is something I cannot relate to mm-hmm. mentally. Like risking something for the ability. They look at it as the ability to live. Because they're going, to, they're going to feel something or have a rush that otherwise they would not get. I don't know if that's the reason for all five here, but it has to be, a, you know, that has to be the mindset of someone that would sign up for it that doesn't have the means to pay for it. We just showed a picture of the Titanic wreckage, and I've seen the video footage of it with the underwater camera. Yes. That'll do it. I'm good with that. I, too, am fascinated with Titanic, but I, I see that, and I think that's really cool to witness on a screen. Not dying to get into a submersible but, and go see it up close. But James Cameron would do this. And he James has, he Cameron has, is, a, is an insane person. But, that's, but that's, this is my point. I don't understand I don't, the psychology of people like James Cameron. I don't look at it as who insane, is though. objectively crazy I don't, if you listen to this guy in an interview. I don't think he's insane to want to explore something that he's passionate about, though. Like I, I, I just, you know, I want to be able to relate to that, and I can't. Uh, I don't want to be able to risk whatever. In I order don't want to do relate it. to it. Like I, I, I can relate to those who have you know, and maybe James Cameron in his mind, he's like, I, my entire life has been training for this with research and everything else. I, I have a hard time understanding astronauts that first went into space or went to the moon. That is so risky, and I got fascinated yeah. with this two years ago when every streaming service put out a documentary or a drama series about going to space for all mankind. One of my favorite shows on on Apple TV. I'm amazed by people who will train that way for out there throughout their entire life, whether it be as a pilot and then they graduate to NASA, but they train for that the whole time. And I'm still amazed they get in the, the spacecraft and go to places that no one's been before or try to stay up in space. I don't possess that psychology either. Now, when I think about someone who's not done that, who's just made their money in business or real estate or whatever, deciding that they have... 250k of disposable income to go see the Titanic wreckage it blows my mind 
it all blows my mind. Chad, I, I'm confused with Rob Manfred today. Who's Another guy who blows my mind. In an interview with Time, saying that, you know, looking back on the suspension for the Astros who cheated, he regrets giving immunity to the Astros players uh, from, from the get-go. From the first start of the investigation, he said, I'm not going to punish anybody that's going to assist with this investigation from a player standpoint. And he, and he says and states, it's not my best decision ever. That's true. Uh, in 2023, for something that took place in 2017 with the Astros team, who the players around the league are still booed in ballparks and vilified by opponents, he should have mentioned that that is still punishment for them involved in this. Rob Manfred, who called the World Series trophy a piece of metal, who he also admitted, I don't, I don't think that was the right decision either. He's still crushing A's fans for attending a game where it's half full. And I'm thinking, Rob, right now, Adam Silver is more of an alpha than you. And that's not good. More coming on Hot Mike. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'll get back into Titan, the, the missing sub that's feared lost, and Ocean Gate sending out a press release confirming that they believe the wreckage that was found next to the wreckage of the Titanic is, in fact, the, uh, the missing sub that was carrying five people. Uh, Butch Hendrick will join us coming up in about 20 minutes. Looking forward to that. He's the president of Lifeguard Systems uh, and uh, a rescue expert who's been following this nonstop. Eddie George is on today's show, Heisman Trophy winner, NFL great, and Tennessee State's head football coach in studio with us coming up in less than 40 minutes from right now. Plus Trent Dilfer, now the head coach at UAB, with a refreshing take on the transfer portal from his viewpoint now as he is about to kick off his first season as a college football coach. And at Ryan Albanese. One of the uh, producer extraordinaires here at Outkick will join us to discuss why he wanted to apply to be a part of the Ocean Gate exploration of Titanic, which he did back in 2021. He wasn't selected, but applied. And he since emailed and said, I'm no longer interested. Uh, that, that's coming up a bit uh, later. Another in the man show. who does not fear death is Ryan Albanese. We'll find yeah. out why. Uh, for, I guess, uh, video clicks. So we'll, again, we'll, we'll ask him. Uh, it's Outkick's Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow. Chad, Penny Hardaway, you and I have followed his, of course, his playing career uh, in the late 90s, early, you know, the, the, the 90s magic run with Penny, Little Penny, Shaq, going against Jordan and the Bulls and all that. All the way through his days in Memphis where he's, uh, he's the, the Nike team coach, for Team Penny, 
the Nike-sponsored AAU team that won national titles. And he's giving shoes away to all the, the middle school age basketball players throughout the city of Memphis and, and the entire county there. And then he becomes a high school coach in Memphis. Now he's the head coach at Memphis. And he's been hit with some NCAA infractions, which is costing him the first, what, three games of the upcoming season. And it's not the first time he's been mentioned for violating NCAA rules and codes for recruiting. We've covered this thoroughly over the years. And now it's about that time to put that in the, on the back burner and see results for the Tigers program on the scoreboard, in the standings, and in the tournament. Memphis is a city that is wrecked with poverty, with crime, with income gap issues, with racial segregation issues, with corruption in city government, with a public school system that is corroding at every level. It's got a lot of problems, and it's been that way for the last 60, 65 years in the city of Memphis. And people that have visited there understand it. People that live there certainly understand it, even if they sometimes want to bury their head in the sand and not admit it. It's a divided city. But they're united with one thing, their love of Penny Hardaway and their support of Penny Hardaway. And Penny Hardaway has done a lot to earn that love and support. He has given back to that community and the impoverished side of that community for years now through multiple charities and multiple things he has done to give back he loves to it. his home. He loves Memphis. He helps people out. He gave back when he was coaching Memphis East High School, even when people had a problem with it because they were circumventing the rules of the state at the time for him to be a head coach. He was still giving back at that time. So when he took the Memphis Tigers head basketball coaching job, this was the prodigal son returning home and giving back to the community. People loved it. People still love him. People in Memphis will defend Penny Hardaway at all costs. But here's the facts about Penny Hardaway. Five years, only two NCAA tournament appearances, one time he got out of the first round, and two enormous recruiting scandals in his time at Memphis. Now, we can talk about what does it even mean? What is power does the NCAA have? Do we really care about him visiting some prospect at a time when he wasn't supposed to? I don't really care all that much about it. But what I care about and what Memphis fans should care about is what's happening on the court. And under Penny Hardaway just hasn't been a lot. There were heavy expectations on him when he took that job because of his AAU ties, because of him now locking down the city of Memphis, which is a great basketball city and produces top talent year after year. He's not done any of that. The best he's done is battling with Gonzaga in a second-round game that the Tigers lost. Not this past year, but the year before. He won an NIT title. That's the best he's done. The city of Memphis has been giving and giving to Penny Hardaway because he has given to them in so many different ways. It's time for Penny Hardaway to start giving back on the court. It's time for to have some results to go with the hype. If he's going to say everything that he wants and he's going to talk off the cuff in a Deion Sanders type of way, which he has, he needs to win more, period. I, I was on the Memphis bandwagon in the tournament. 
round the, the first round they faced it was eight nine it was right? FAU it yep. was FAU and it, it was a one or two point game tough to have an issue with them losing well, a close game to a, a team that went on a Final Four run and this I, past year based on the way they were playing though Chad and the roster he had last year this past season I don't I'm not claiming they go on a Florida Atlantic run but they had the talent to do it based on the talent FAU had in the type of game I saw them play with the Owls. So I don't, I don't think he's far off from doing exactly what you're asking. But every time there's, a, there's an off-the-court headline about a violation, I just I scratch my head because he went into it violating high school <laughs> rules where, it, I mean, let's just be honest with it. They, it he was... a. He was allowed to practically get away with it. People looked the other way based on the rules that were enforced or not enforced. And I don't want to say like he lackadaisically went into it with the same mindset for college hoops, but there was no penalty from the, from the Tennessee high school regulators. So I, I think he just felt like he could mosey in there and go about it the same way. I'd do whatever he wanted. He hired people around him like Larry Brown and others who should know and have advised him well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's this is what he's being suspended for for three games here is nothing compared to what was going on with Wiseman and everything else. Point being, it just needs to be tightened up. If he has the momentum he has now and he don't have this headline, I'm thinking they're going in the right direction. I still do. But it leads us to discuss whether or not anything's going to be on path and straight forward instead of going off course every now and then. And that doesn't help anyone, including him. And Memphis can be uh, Gonzaga. Yes. I mean, it's a program yes. that has shown it can win at the highest levels. Memphis, Cincinnati, Houston is a great example. I mean, there's Memphis could become a perennial Final Four potential type team. The way Houston is right now under Calvin Sampson. Well, and he's... With the right leadership, John Calipari showed it. John Calipari coughed away a, what, eight-point lead with a minute five left against Kansas and then went to overtime and lost in 2008. Yeah. Or he would have had a national championship at Memphis. This is a program with limitless potential. It is in a metropolitan area that produces some of the top talent in the country. Chicago, Memphis, New York City, these are some of the best basketball cities in our country. And if you keep the homegrown talent at Memphis, they're a Final Four caliber program. And Penny Hardaway hasn't gotten close to that, even though he's been producing some big-time recruiting classes. They've not lived up to that billing. Well, and keep in mind, and just a backstory with the, the why Penny is doing this based on the motivating factors. His best friend died of cancer. They were coaching together, I believe, on Team Penny. And it may have been just on a middle school team. But Desmond Merriweather, I believe was his name. Uh, he was the Lester, uh, Lester Middle School was where he was coaching back in 2010. And he was getting, given 24 hours to live uh, because he had a staph infection that stemmed from chemo treatments. And he wrote a note to Hardaway that said, remember our dream. or it, it, around, I'm paraphrasing. But the dream was to coach the middle school level, then go to high school and coach a group, and they won a state title, then go to college, Memphis, and coach a team to a national championship, 
and then coach a team in the NBA for the Larry O'Brien Trophy. That was their dream that they wrote down after Penny's career in the NBA. Point being, he's going through all this with that same mindset, I believe. And if that's true, he can't steer off course by being flippant with whatever the NCAA has power with, which would be suspending him based on infractions for recruiting in a wide-open recruiting landscape. Yeah, I mean, look, in a world that um, is ripe with recruiting scandals and things that go on and a lot of uh, cloudiness with NIL and what that world is like now, and when you're recruiting guys like a James Wiseman that is going to be a top NBA draft pick and is they're going to talk to agents and all that, uh, I'm not going to sit here and uh, try to stand on some moral authority over Penny Hardaway and say, the guy, oh, he's just a cheat, he's a bad person and this and that. You'll hear that from some. I'm not going to say that. I think Penny Hardaway, in his heart and deep down, is a really good dude. And I think his works in the city of Memphis shows that he's a caring and giving person. Genuine. Genuine, but also that he wants to give back and he wants to ultimately do the right things. My only point in saying this is that that city has rewarded his good works by always being in his corner. You're right. The paradigm has now shifted to where it's Penny Hardaway's turn to return to return serve and to return that favor because it's a city that is united in their love of Penny and their support of him. It's time for Penny Hardaway to win and win big and return that love to Memphis because they want nothing more than to be relevant in the college basketball world. And I'm not just talking about relevant in their conference or relevant in the Southeast. I'm talking about nationally relevant. And they can be. They've been there in the 70s. They were there some in the 80s. They were there under John Calipari. They can get there under Penny Hardaway, and now it's the waiting game to see if he can finally deliver on that potential. Chad, waiting game is how I would describe the NCAA and their infractions committee uh, and, and their discipline that is handed down. 2017 is when the whole story of the strong-ass offer on tape comes down <laughs> with Will Wade and LSU. That quote, by the way, will never leave Will Wade. Whatever he because does from here on out, strong ass offer Will Wade. It's a great because nickname. it's you know it's on audio. It's recorded through what FBI tapings, yep. I believe. Um, LSU doubles down and says we're backing him. They allow him to coach during the SEC tournament. We which, will support him. Which was we he will is not, fine. He will not be suspended. We will not suspend him. We back him. He is totally good. Yeah, and today he has been docked. Five games, I believe, for the first start of the, uh, the his first season with McNeese State, which is a 10-game suspension, excuse me. They've already suspended him. When they hired him, they said he was going to sit out the first five games. So it's really a five-game bonus to whatever suspension was uh, tacked on by McNeese State this past, this past year. Um, but he had the strong-ass offer comments to a then-recruit who was identified as Javante Smart who I don't believe even went there, right? Or didn't play. No, he went. No, but did, did he play? Uh, yes. He was a great player for them who for was like the, one or two years. Who was the guy that didn't play that's also been mentioned? Yeah, there was someone else I want to say that maybe ended up at Kansas. There's several of them. Or maybe went to like G League Ignite but instead. My, my question here is, this has been going on since 2017. I understand there's a federal investigation behind it. But here we are where he has the show cause that's already been implemented. And they are also punishing LSU in 2023 for something that went down 
and 2017. I understand that LSU was complicit in allowing him to continue to coach, but he was allowed to continue to coach because the NCAA didn't do anything about it. And I just don't buy or, or sign up for docking them scholarships and you know, a reduction in total visits permitted on a seven-week ban on whether or not you can call a recruit on the phone. Or why now? Why punish the players and the coaches there now based on what happened? Like, literally two tenures of recruiting classes, two college classes, if everyone stays and graduates on a three-year, three-and-a-half-year plan, because you can go in the summer, why punish the recruits that are coming in now for 2017? I look at the penalty for LSU as more harsh than what Will Wade had, and he had the show cause. It's almost like they're telling everyone part of your punishment is the waiting game. It's almost like time served. Like we're going to take forever, and this cloud is going to hang over you for as long as humanly possible because we are going to drag our feet on this investigation, and that's part of your punishment also. Five and a half years after so stupid after this is when the headline came across today i was shocked to see it because i thought it was already over just getting started i said is this a new scandal we're talking about oh this is the same (laughs) fbi scandal amazing coming up we will chat with butch hendrick he's the president of lifeguard systems rescue expert we'll discuss the efforts that were made to rescue the subs Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network live from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in 20 minutes, Eddie George, the Renaissance man. He does everything and does everything well. Head coach of the TSU Tigers, massive golf tournament that's coming uh, your way uh, here in Nashville, uh, but worth making a trip in for Music City and playing with some of the stars of today and yesterday. Bo Jackson's on the list, Marcus Allen Moore. Davey Hudson asked us before the show, said, what do you guys want to get into with Eddie? And I had to really think about it because I'm thinking, we can talk about whatever the hell we want to with (laughs) Eddie. I mean, we could bring up the stage. We could bring up football. We can talk coaching. We can talk leadership. We can talk business. Who knows where we're going to go? Maybe we'll talk ocean survival with Eddie. I'm sure he's he's got some thoughts on that as well. Anything we can talk about. He has the bankroll to to pay to go on this if he wanted to. Chad, you and I would, you know, We'd have to sign up for the lottery. Someone would have to pay me (laughs) $250,000 to do it. It wouldn't be the other way around. Chris Paul, uh, apparently, uh, according to reports, he's being traded to Golden State for Jordan Poole, among other uh, considerations. Chad, is this this Draymond Green related, you think, in Golden State? He, He opted out of the year option for him, and now Jordan Poole's out in Golden State, according to reports. And Chris Paul is in. Is this Draymond Green coming back now to the Warriors? It's hard, not, it's hard for me not to think that based on the Everyone seems to think he's going to come back, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not buying it. I think the riff was too wide after that fight happened, or the attack, I should say, and I don't think he's coming back. We started the, the show today discussing Ocean Gate, uh, Titan, the, the submarine that was lost. Uh, debris was found near the Titanic wreckage. Uh, believed to be that of the missing sub carrying five people. The Coast Guard um, 
OceanGate and others have released statements saying they believe that the five have perished based on information they have received. Uh, pleased to be joined by Butch Hendrick. He's the president of Lifeguard Systems, an ocean rescue expert who joins us on Hot Mike. Uh, Butch, thank you for the time. And, and what's the latest based on the, the information that you have gathered today on the rescue mission? And he may he may be muted right now. Yeah, we'll check. Are we hang on one second, Butch. We'll try to uh, reconnect with you in a moment. Uh, we're fascinated by this, Chad, because everyone's discussing it based on the mindset of if you would do it and if you would, why it's worth it. You know? Yeah, and I, I think just the you know the science of it, because a lot of talk about a possible implosion with this. You know, what are the physics of that to take place? And how pressurized it is when you're two miles into the ocean well, and, and when this I, happens. I told you I go down the rabbit hole of Titanic uh, wreckage and like videos and stuff. It's believed that the pressure within the sinking ship then, back in what, 1911, 1912, um, that also imploded during the wreckage. Again, don't know for sure, but that's, that's at least a theory. Uh, Butch rejoins us, Butch Hendrick. Butch, can you hear us now? Everything good? Yes, we're good. All, all good. All good. So what, what's the very latest as of right now, based on how you followed the story? It's over. They have found wreckage from a possible catastrophic disaster, implosion, and they do have physical parts. They know that they have parts of the forward cone of the submersible now. They have they're still obviously searching the general area for other parts of the debris. But basically, they have found the unit, the submersible. They have found portions of it that are across the bottom. And that was, they were found about 1,600 feet forward of the bow of the Titanic, which is where the submersible normally lands in order to make its approach in. So it's, it's over. Butch, can you explain uh, the science, the physics, whatever it is behind an implosion and how this happens when you're that far below the ocean? Yeah, I think if we start out with something quite simple that everyone can visually understand, if we see in the news every other week that another car or van went in the water. So a vehicle goes into the water in a pond, lake, or river, it's only in 10 feet of water. But the individuals inside cannot get out because the water pressure on one side, air on the other, won't allow the unit, to, the door to open. From the surface to 10 feet of water is only five pounds per square inch of an increase of pressure. So the interior of the vehicle is 14.7, the exterior 19.10 and 20. It's a five PSI increase. We, on this dive, the increase is five thousand two hundred and ninety round numbers pounds per square inch. So, just thinking of the pressure, the unit, the submersible is built to take that kind of pressure. But how many times can it take that pressure? Now. Yep. Butch Hendrick with us, uh, the president of Lifeguard Systems, ocean rescue expert. 
So it, it was believed to be an implosion. Uh, the debris would certainly indicate that too, apparently. Um, but the, the it was believed to be because, and correct me if I'm wrong, it, there are mechanisms in place on this vessel uh, that, that they lost contacts, multiple ways to contact an hour and 45 minutes into this dive. But even if that took place, there are ways that this vessel would float back to the top in an emergency situation if everyone on board was incapacitated, and that certainly did not happen. That is correct. One of the confusing portions that I just was a part, again, part of another panel, that it was designed so that if something went wrong, it's supposed to, after a given period of time, automatically inflate. Nothing came to the surface. Where are the lift systems? Where are the other parts that were designed to do that? Right? So there's a little bit of confusion as to what took place, but it could also be that the system malfunctioned electrically. It could have been a leak. We, until they recover the main chamber itself, we don't know that it was a full implosion. It may simply be that it leaked, flooded, and then the outside skirt without back pressure descent broke itself apart. So, there's still a lot of questions going on, but we do know that it's been the unit, the submersible has been found. Butch, how, how common are these dives? How, how common are these uh, <laughs> civilian dives specifically? And uh, how many ha has this sub specifically made in the past? I, one, I don't know how many this specific sub has made. I do know that when you finish one of the dives, you come back, all the seals, everything need to be replaced, not just cleaned and checked, they should be replaced. The, the welds and so forth, there should certainly be a pressure, back pressure testing to make sure that all of the welds are still good. You can only take it so many times re, before it, it starts to weaken. And the, it, the number of, I know that this particular unit has done at least a half a dozen different trips because we've seen at least a half a dozen different individuals who have said they've been on it and, and done it. Butch, what, as someone who's been involved in ocean rescues before, what would you tell someone who came to you and said, I, I, I'm considering doing something like this as a civilian, going on a dive like this? <laughs> I would certainly try and give them a list of questions to ask about the the unit that they were going to be going into and emergency procedures and emergency equipment before they would ever get in it. Scientists go to the bottom in these kind of environments all the time, but those units are built very specifically for the scientific project. The scientist realizes this is a hazardous environment. They might not come back, but you don't see very many of those submersibles being used a dozen or 20 times. When, when I heard that all hands were on deck in this rescue mission, I didn't realize how many countries were involved. France, Canada, United States, more. Uh, um, what, do you, what do you, is this common? And especially in the, in the international waters, is that what it takes to find something like this? And what's routine here? What, how long does it typically take to find a submersible that's lost if you kind of know the general area of what they were trying to explore? Well, one of the difficulties would be the currents that are there. And some of the individuals that have talked about being on it, one individual was talking about how they, the current had pushed them up into the rear stern of the vessel of the Titanic, and they thought they were trapped when they were in a Russian submersible. Mm -hmm. And how the pilot 
was just did an incredible job to get them out and save their lives. On the other hand, when you start looking at doing this kind of a project, what what do you expect from it? What is what is it you want? Do you think this is going to stop these type of civilian explorations with the high profile nature of what we've seen take place? No, I do not. I think that there's going to be some money spent to build a better unit, put more safety procedures into the unit. But I think we're actually going to see more of this type of unit being explored with. I mean, I I equate it to those who want to go to space. We've seen shuttles and missions explode in the air. And I still think there will be people that would sign up and go to explore Titanic in, in the same manner. I, Chad and I discussed this earlier, but we, we're not on board with that personally. Um, do you understand the mindset of why people would want to do this? I can understand the mindset, but maybe what we should do is if they're going to continue this, and I understand this particular company still has at least one or two more of these submersibles. So they may not stop either. But if we're going to do that, we should put out a public list that tells the general public what should you be looking for before you get in and leave the surface? What questions should you be asking? What should the safety protocols be? And what should you know? They make you sign a series of pages of legal releases. But at no point has anyone come to you and said, can you just sign this and tell me all these safety protocols are here? I'd like to see when the last time the seals on the on the main hatch were replaced. How have you been keeping up with all the news? <laughs> it's been really hard. <laughs> Listening to all the, the following a certain website yeah. or just how do you how do you know what's going on? I've done 117 of these in three days. Wow! So and I've been teaching, I've been speaking in to multiple countries. So what ends up happening is I'm getting the information that's coming into the newscasters, but we've also been part of several, more than several TV interviews where there were more than just me. So I'm listening to other people who are picking up on the same pieces, talking about their particular specialties, and that just opens the door for every one of us to get more information. The expert for Ocean Rescue is Butch Hendrick, who is the president of Lifeguard Systems. Butch, thank you for the insight. Um, I'm, I'm assuming uh, you need to crash at some point and get some rest. I've got two more to two more to do, and then yes, I definitely <laughs> I'll be able to go to bed before two this morning. So enjoy the thank sleep you. when yeah, you get a chance to have some. Appreciate you. Thank you for having me, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Butch. Butch Stay there. safe. At Team LSG is where you can find them on social. Uh, the sad news is. Uh, the five passengers on on board the vessel uh, Titan for uh, OceanGate uh, presumed dead based on multiple releases, uh, including the Coast Guard. Coming up, Chad, Eddie George joins us live in studio. His annual golf tournament is always a massive hit based on not just Eddie playing, but, I mean, the who's who of NFL legends, celebrities, actors, uh, you've got uh, artists, country, and 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 others uh, for uh, musicians that are in town. It's outstanding. Uh, it's worth visiting Nashville at the end of next month to participate in this, especially if you're looking for a great course to play at uh, with great camaraderie uh, with 
stories that you'll never hear anywhere else. We'll get into that. Plus, Eddie's always good for some good stories and opinion on college football. We'll certainly discuss uh, Dion at, at Colorado and everything that is going on the behind man the can scenes discuss anything. for the transfer portal. That's anything right. we ask him, he can discuss. The Renaissance man, Eddie George, joins us next in a matter of minutes. Stick with us. Hot Mike with Hunter Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. <laughs> 